WNYC Studios is supported by Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, it's Latte from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to NYC Now, your source for local news in and around New York City. From WNYC. It's Wednesday, August 2nd. Here's the midday news from Lance Lucky. According to city officials who spoke to WNYC, Mayor Eric Adams is considering a plan to house migrants in tents in Central Park and other big green spaces throughout the city. The tents may also be placed in Brooklyn's Prospect Park and on Randall's Island, where the city briefly opened a tent facility in the parking lot last fall. The plan to use public parks to house migrants comes as city officials say they've run out of room in homeless shelters and emergency housing facilities. Since the weekend, scores of mostly male migrants have been camped out on the sidewalk outside the Roosevelt Hotel, an intake center in Midtown Manhattan. Nurses at Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital in New Jersey could go on strike Friday. That's about 1,700 nurses at the New Brunswick Trauma Center. The union representing the nurses says they want better staffing ratios to better care for their patients, as well as a cap on insurance premiums. John August is a labor expert at Cornell University. He says the possible strike is part of a wave of labor actions by healthcare workers across the U.S. The pandemic has exposed the many shortcomings of healthcare delivery in the United States, including uh, the, the in increased intensity of the burnout of nurses. He says the pandemic has also exacerbated the existing nursing shortage. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, nurses unions make up about a third of major strikes across the country this year. It is 77 now, about 81 this afternoon, and lots of sunshine. Ditto for tomorrow, then showers and thunderstorms likely on Friday. Your weekend is looking great, sunny and 85 both days. This is WNYC. Music helps us celebrate, contemplate, cope, and connect. And we've got the stories to prove it. Join me, Terrence McKnight, for the new season of The Open Ears Project, a podcast in which people tell us about the piece of classical music that has meant the most to them. That music might even wind up being meaningful for you. The Open Ears Project. Listen now wherever you get podcasts. On WNYC, I'm Tiffany Hansen. Tributes are continuing to pour in for New Jersey's Lieutenant Governor Sheila Oliver. Governor Murphy's office announced her death yesterday. She was 71. Colleagues are calling the Essex County Democrat a trailblazer and a distinguished public servant. New Jersey Assemblymember Shavonda Sumter served in the legislature with Oliver for more than a decade. And she joins us now to talk about her colleague's long legacy. Assemblymember Sumter, thanks so much 
Thank you, Tiffany, for taking time to uh, talk about a, a mentor, a colleague, and a great leader, not only for the state of New Jersey, but for our country. Absolutely. And I should say we're sorry for the loss of your colleague as well. I would like to talk about the first time you met the lieutenant governor. So tell us about that a little bit. Certainly. The lieutenant governor was speaker of the New Jersey General Assembly when I entered office in 2012. She was a advocate for women, minorities uh, in government and in leadership and in public service. She swore me into office. Uh, so my oath of office has her signature uh, and has always been uh, encouraging me uh, in my journey in politics. Uh, and it really was an honor and a privilege to walk into a New Jersey legislature with the first African-American woman as the speaker at the helm. Well, you mentioned that she's also Lieutenant Governor Oliver became only the second black woman ever to lead the state legislative house. So you, how do you have a sense of how she may have thought about that accomplishment? Of course, she was the General Assembly speaker from 2010 to 2014. Again, it was one of those accomplishments that uh, we all were prideful of, but she served with distinction. She was well-informed on so many issues, uh, made so many great policy moves. Uh, she served in office as a speaker when uh, Chris Christie was governor, Steve Sweeney was Senate president, and she would often say, I'm the rose between two thorns. I'm wondering if you can point to just maybe one unique stamp that you think she brought to that time in her leadership to to the assembly? A very uh, unique stamp uh, that she brought uh, at that time was really being the conscious at the table when negotiations were being made for um, millions of dollars in budget allocations when times were lean to be sure that she fought for housing, affordable housing. Uh, she actually uh, was the speaker when we signed into law the Marriage Equality Act, uh, which was uh, significant. And that was actually the first bill I ever voted on uh, for the right reason. So uh, a long legacy of change for systemic change uh, within the structural system of politics and government. And uh, keep in mind, she served starting on the Board of Education to a county commissioner, uh, then moved on up to the speaker and lieutenant governor. At one point, you were considered to be your party's leading candidate for selection as lieutenant governor. Ultimately, of course, that job went to Oliver, but you've described her as a mentor. You've described the first time you met her, but I'm wondering about your relationship throughout the years. How would you characterize that? The relationship that I've had with her throughout the years has been consistent, uh, one of mutual respect and regard, uh, one of fighting for civil rights, social rights, uh, she was someone that uh, not only myself um, as uh, Shavonda Sumter and when I became chair of the New Jersey Legislative Black Caucus, uh, she was one of the persons that I would call for insight into how to navigate uh, the political system for social justice and civil rights action items. Before I let you go, I want to ask you about a law that she backed when that required public workers to contribute more to the state's pension system. It was a controversial move. 
At one point, there was even an attempt to take the speakership away from her, but she was picked for a second term. So I'm wondering why you think she was so, despite all of that, so enduringly successful. During that time, I was not in the legislature. Uh, It was during the Great uh, Recession. New Jersey was hit hard and, in fact, one of the last states to come out of the recession. Uh, She did the right thing for the right reasons at that time, which was a hard decision, which spoke to her character. She herself was a public worker. She worked for government her entire career. So let's not ever lose sight of that. Um, I credit her with leaving the door open for so many others to walk through the door um, of different levels of government, different employment opportunities, housing opportunities, uh, because she was that person to be sure that she brought people along with her. Assemblymember Shavanda Sumter, thank you so much for your time this morning and for remembering your colleague, Lieutenant Governor Sheila Oliver. We appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. This is NYC Now from WNYC. Be sure to catch us every weekday, three times a day, for your top news headlines and occasional deep dives. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back this evening.